And so I've worked this morning, and then I just said, I'm, I'm going to be just going to go do something. But um, I can do something. I didn't want to tell them. And then you can send them the link. This is what I was doing. This is what I was doing. This is how I spent that. You know, when I was went missing for two hours, I was doing this podcast to talk about hot chips. Yeah, that's most of the actually most of the topic. We will yeah, spend more time talking about hot chips yeah, than we will anything else. Three point five percent we spend talking about hot chips, yeah. and the rest is like some Christian thing. Some Christian, yeah. No. There's my camera. Welcome to the Chip Lunch uh, podcast. We are here with uh, Ethan. I don't think I've been on a podcast with you for quite a while. No, no, you have not. It's yeah, been a, a, it's been ages. Is that a choice by you? Uh, I've been running from you, Joel. It's just yeah, couldn't escape this one. Though, could you? No, I could not. Well, not for you though. I'm, I'm here for our for our special guest. Oh, can you please? Well, please introduce our special guest. It is beautiful yeah. to have you, Todd. Hello, thank you, Ethan. Welcome to the nice Chip Lunch Podcast. Here. Looking beautiful and blue. <laughs> baby blue. Thanks, King. Baby blue. You baby. call that baby blue? I'd say that o- ocean blue, bit, maybe it's a bit, bit royal, royal blue. Royal oh, blue. Yeah. But you're also wearing blue shoes and blue shorts. I noticed. Yeah, well, I am working from home. It's good that I'm wearing shoes. I think that's it. So. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Todd, welcome to the podcast. Mm, thank say. you for having me, guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you for missing a meeting at work to to, to be on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, fantastic to have you along. Your blue does stand up against the third space studio and the white. I realise though. Where's my phone? I haven't um, changed the the lights. I left my phone somewhere. So look like it's my it's job then. Well, yeah, while while we um begin, uh, the lights usually change in the background here, okay. um, Todd. So this, this is an, it's like a, a mini vivid, mm. a, a vivid teaser. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. that's really good. Maybe, maybe we could get a job doing vivid. No, we could we could do that. Yeah, yeah, we can. It'd be great. <laughs> we could do we do anything on this podcast. Oh, we really, really do. That's that's the thing. Um, uh, Todd, while that's Ethan is changing the lights, which is just getting there. Um, massive distraction if you are watching on YouTube, but the first question we like to ask everyone is, "Oh, here's my phone coming in as well." Thank you. Um, we've got a lot of producers today. Uh, the first question we always ask you, Todd, is or ask every single guest is, "How do you like to eat your hot chips?" Well, it's hot. I guess it's probably the key part. Mm. Um, yeah, not <laughs> cold and soggy. <laughs> well, I think, and this is probably going to be really pretentious, but it's probably cooked multiple times. I'm not sure if wow. anyone's talked about the Heston. Oh, like triple or the triple, triple cook. I'm not sure it needs triple, but I think boiled first, then fried does make a difference. So it's crispy, mm. but still cooked well through. And I think for me, the other part is I, I want to be able to see the potato. So you don't want to... Mm. You don't want to go not, too not, hard. Not, not process too yeah. much. It's yeah. You want a bit of variation in the sizes of the chips, almost a potato mm-hmm. cut up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my preference. And then maybe the condiment. So I guess it's chunky tomato with maybe some chili notes would be the other. Goodness me. It's a sometimes food in our family, so if I'm going to do hot Dang. chips, you want to do it well. Yeah. Is this how no. you cook them at home? I'm not that good. Oh, so where well, are you having these? There's actually there's a place at Bangor that does, I think, three... I don't know if we're not sponsored. We should maybe we come. We like the ABC. We, we mention no. no, no, we mention we, 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 no, we, 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 no we give local shout outs. Yeah, yeah so, oh, no. shout outs to our locals. And then we'll say other chip shops are available. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just in, maybe we'll just say it's just in, in, in the Bangor if you sort of. In the, the, are, you talking in about the, are you talking about the one in the. Um, uh, in like, oh, I don't know what it's called. Near Bangor Tavern? Yeah. Yo, I haven't been there, but yes, I think it's in that general facility. Like that area? In, in the education precinct yeah, yeah, of yeah, Bangor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is possibly one of the greatest. Chip shops yeah. in the Shire, really, hands down. Well, They're other free. chip shops are available. Yeah. They are, and they are very and good. Look, I haven't checked them in. They previously did do the chunky potato. Yes. I think cooked a couple of times is my sense. Really, yeah. And so, hang on, break down this sauce for me a little bit more. Is this something that you make at home, or are you just you? It's probably something that I've oh, I've experienced. So I can probably make the sauce. I have more skills in the sauce than maybe in the chips, but um, it's just a little bit of chili. Like so, I think it just just a hit. I experienced it once in um, Sri Lanka. Um, really, their sauce was a chili, and then it just it stuck with me. We're going global. It's um, That's we might crazy. get to the world team today. That was actually that it wasn't the intent of raising <laughs> Sri Lanka, <laughs> but that was part of it. Like, yeah, uh, absolutely. Just a, a small variation makes a huge difference. That's yeah. amazing. So, there we go. Um, what kind of salt do you have? Um, like I was just say, real, it's real. Like pink salt, rock salt, Plain like um, salt. sea yeah. salt, not yeah. not chicken salt, like yeah, it's yeah. sort of. 
See, that's <laughs> how you do is it. Is there a scoreboard? I actually, I actually am going away now. I was only, no, <laughs> there's a big. There debate. is a scoreboard. There is a scoreboard. Big debate on the podcast between myself and Braden and Ethan, where it, I prefer much prefer plain salt, and lots of people had said they prefer chicken salt. You are you are in the. The I'm vast not convinced minority. chicken salt is actually salt. Yes. So I need to maybe. We do, we got, yes. Maybe we need to get. We had a chemistry professor on. I'm sure. <laughs> I've, I'm sure I've said other things, but that I, I personally believe that just because it's labelled as salt, it doesn't actually matter. It is still better whether it's salt or not. Yeah, maybe chicken seasoning. Yeah. It still tastes better than salt. It's, chi- it's chicken chips. stock. That's what it is. We well, spend sixty-five percent of this podcast talking about <laughs> chips. Mm. <laughs> I think it becomes overbearing. Maybe that's why. Like, yeah, like Ethan. It depends there's, there's, on your quantity. There's no balance. Shush. That's, I think that's the. See, this is it's called the overbearing. This is why I'm no, on the see, podcast. This is this is why I appreciate you put Todd being your, on the podcast. Do you put sugar in your coffee? No, I don't drink coffee. Oh, you don't drink coffee? Yeah, I don't drink coffee. Either do I. We won't talk about that later. Todd liked his coffee with a hint of chilli. Or hot chocolate. Yeah, that's... Sorry. That's the preferred way of chips. It's, for me, sometimes food. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Yeah, so am I. Mm. Yeah, high quality. Do you want to ask our second question, Ethan? Well, our second question is, um, Todd, how did you become a Christian? Um, it was a process. I think maybe that's the, and look, maybe other people have described it in this way, but um, and I'm just leveraging off maybe some examples I've heard previously. But look, I'm from South Australia, so I moved mm-hmm. here when I graduated from uni, and there's a couple of ways you can get across the borders <laughs> now that we're opened up. But if if you drive, there's really some key markers that you're now like leaving South Australia, now entering New South Wales, mm-hmm. where um, if you fly, you get in Adelaide Airport, you get out at Sydney and you just at the destination. So I think for me, there probably wasn't a key point. There was just this probably um, decisions and, and actions I took towards the end of high school as I explored faith, my faith a little bit more, mm. um, a little bit of reading the Bible, connecting. I went to a Christian school, but I probably wasn't a Christian school, but some of my mates were. So towards that end of, I guess, the HSC equivalent, going to church a little bit, trying to understand a bit more what is what is this Jesus about what does it mean then for me um was probably how it happened but I yeah I can't think of sort of one key event but probably over that time there's a couple of couple of different services a couple of different bible particularly the parables I think trying to make sense of some of them and and thinking about that and then looking at, at Jesus as well and who he was um and what he did yeah so that's so, were you you went to a you went to a Christian school? Did you have a Christian family background at all? Yeah, I think this is, I probably I went to to church, and I think that highlighted me just because you're going to church doesn't mean you're a mm. maybe that that cultural Christian. So you you've got Christmas, you've got Easter. It's probably was the rhythm of of a week that you'd sort of be at, at church for an hour. But um, where I was, like there wasn't things like a youth group. There wasn't a lot of people my age that I could then relate to around. How were they applying their faith? And mm. probably at school was where it caused some maybe the complications because I'd be got some Christians kids at school, but probably not seeing them live out their faith. So it's like, well, mm. what does it then mean to be a Christian? So it was, and that's probably as I matured a little bit through connecting with maybe even some youth leaders at those at some different churches, got to probably understand a bit more around what it is to be a Christian, what it is to live as a a Christian, um, and that just helped the help the development. I guess that development is still going on oh, of on today. But yeah, mm. do you want to do you want to talk through some of those some of those major signposts that you were yeah, talking about? I think um, although I remember having okay, I think it's in Matthew, like the sheep and the goats. Like mm-hmm. sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell. Like what does that mean? So like I guess a, a conversation actually after a, I went to see a band with some mates just. What does this mean, and what does it mean then, as as a follower of Jesus? Look, our theology could have been way off, but I remember that as a, as a, way, a key conversation <laughs> around these guys just talking about it. And I think even that was remarkable. That outside of a church environment, I was having a discussion around yeah. the Bible. Um, actually, I think one of those conversations was. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm now ref- reminding me of of chips, and oh, now, yeah. not not, in, not intentionally, <laughs> yeah. but um, there's a a 24 hour cafe in Adelaide called Villies, which. Uh, Pasties aren't big in New South Wales, but it's it's baked goods. Mm. Awesome. 
they sell hot chips. So even having hot chips, it was sort of a gathering place because mm. um, there so wasn't a lot of places open 24-7. Yeah, late night snack. Yeah, it was mm. um, just on the edge of the city, going, um, having conversations there. Look, I remember a couple of um, messages. And even, look, I can't... Um, I can't remember what they said, but I remember seeing like the power team. Maybe that's I, I, there was these American guys that used to tour. Not Power Rangers. No, like they were um sort of they used to yeah, um, like up. rip up phone books, blow up hot water bottles. Awesome. And then talk about Jesus. And so oh, I think the I remember power team is a group of Christian evangelists based in Dallas, Texas, who incorporate preaching with displays of strength and martial arts skills. Wow. Dave, if there are any videos, just like, I don't want to look <laughs> oh, at us, yeah. just show just, us the yeah, power team. Cut, cut them in. But I, I think awesome. um, I remember like one of my mates, like his church got these guys mm-hmm. to come along. And so I went and, went and saw it. And it was just like, I think just um, seeing guys passionate about mm. Jesus and then that came through and they're like oh, this um, is this is some amazing stuff it's yeah, look, and that's very, probably, I know very we were exciting. talking before about um 80s and 90s rock bands but maybe this was really early 90s that's how they yeah even just the pants they're like the MC Hammer <laughs> <laughs> probably another cultural reference point that's lost on everyone but like those yeah, is, that's um, not no, the MC Hammer pants are not lost on me <laughs> that is amazing so I think um, things like that. And so maybe it was part of just saying yes, like, hey, this is obviously important to my mate mm. going along. Mm. I probably said yes a little bit more when I was processing mm. probably like sort of that 16, 17, like what am I going to do with the rest? As, as maybe you do when you leave your HSC, what am I going to do? Mm. What does the next part of my life look like? You're starting to ask some wider questions, So, mm. which is probably reading the Bible a bit more, reading a few Actually, books. I think maybe I know your mum, your grandparents had a Christian. Like, there was probably at that time there was things were more accessible around even access to Christian literature. Like there was, yeah. you could go to a, a Christian bookstore. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not many of those anymore, except for our, our guys in our, our ride campus. They've got mm-hmm. a, a bookstore nearby, but you yep. could just so I remember like reading a, a Tony Campolo book or a um, Michael Frost, the guy from Sydney, and or a John Dixon. I think those books as well. Like I guess mm. I've always probably been. In, inquisitive mm. and so being able to read it process it and then have some chips and chat with someone about mm. it um was helpful for me so that was probably a a two-year period that i think forming my faith and then there was giving it some legs probably after that when i then got involved in in youth group and um mm. high school ministry and before then yeah coming over to, to sydney many years ago your story that you're telling us right now is quite different to some of the other people's stories, like whether they grew up in a Christian family or they became Christians earlier on. It sounds like you became Christian a bit later than some other people have told us before. And I was just thinking how much you mentioned your friends and your Christian friends were having a really big influence on it. What kind of things were they talking to you about to make you start thinking that actually I need to... I need to yeah. actually investigate it, like you said, for about two years. Yeah, and I'm pretty there was that boldness, I think, which, um, hey, Todd, like, and like maybe part of that comes out of we're at a Christian school, and so there was a there's an acceptance we're going to talk about. We had services, I think, once a, at least a couple of times a term, like the equivalent, I guess, of a chapel service, or, um, hey, Todd, why don't you believe? Like those types of just, um, this, well, is why, yeah. this, is, this is why, why I believe. Um, what do you think about that? And yeah. so, like, there was, some of, and I guess some of those guys have, one or two have gone on to become, they're in ministry, and so there is, that probably that there was boldness, and I guess that's mm. just continued on and um, for them as well. But I think that was a key part of it, and then maybe just creating space. I, I know um, the world is now. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm, I'm acutely aware that the world has changed, and um, mm. how I used to hang out, like. I would go see bands or I would mm. be at the basketball court yeah. for four hours on a Saturday afternoon and we would just be playing basketball and hanging out yeah. where I th- it, it's, it's shifted a little bit. Like even seeing my son now and he, that, like, I guess there's that interaction. He's at home, but he's then interacting with his mates mm. who are also at home. So I think there's that probably that shift. So um, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm just sharing that just because of the, I, I'm still processing how it, it that's what it was like for me, but I'm, there's this mm. awareness now. I know the world is, has changed and mm. thinking of what, what the future is going to be like for my kids and how they can have it outside of 
what we do here at, and I guess what we do on a, on a Friday night hanging out and those interactions and in school, a lot of that downtime I had was just, you just hang out for hours. Yeah. And which got you thinking? Yeah, no, I guess because you'd have a chat or even um, playing on the on the Nintendo or the, the PlayStation back then, but you'd still be... You wouldn't do it online. You'd have to go. Yeah, to you'd go there else. and so that you'd be mm. hanging out. It's like, okay, guys, well, now we've got to go get some food. Yeah. yeah. And so... Yeah. <laughs> Get in the car, or we'd we'd walk Go somewhere, walk. and and yeah. through those you're, you're interacting more as well. Yeah, so. that's definitely even how I hang out with my friends. It was the same thing. It was yeah. like if you were hanging out, you go, or like some um, some kid had a pool at their house, so you go and hang out, and yeah. like we were doing we're doing wrestling for hours <laughs> in the pool and stuff like that. So that makes sense. Just and I think look, because um, I probably even that question, then still thinking about it now. Like, how can I do that? Like, how can I ask or you can respectfully inquire mm. or respectfully share is probably something that I still process and because um, I guess people I work with that have an awareness of mm. of my faith um, other areas where I guess I'm involved in a, a local sporting club they would have an a- awareness but it's how you can then make that shift from just having a conversation to that respectful this is why I believe it and, and why and maybe that's just as you get older you you, you those they're a bit more taboo where as teenagers you can just um you can just ask those questions and yeah. it's just part of yeah i don't know like i guess that's something I'm, I'm thinking about more probably particularly through the pandemic more more often around making the connections with people because you've connected i guess i've connected differently with people in my community now but mm. equally then because i've got those connections how i then share something that's so central to who i am and such a key component of, of my life, a bit like my mates from school, like it was central to who it was probably their identity, like it was the main thing in their life. And for some of them, probably even over, say, physics or chemistry, like that was, they would read their Bible before they would do their homework. They were incredibly mm. devout, which was yeah, encouraging. Really but yeah, That's super encouraging. So I think that question of why is such a big, like like the the, the this is why I believe, that's yeah. one thing, but those guys following up with a, why don't you? Yeah. Like that's a, <laughs> like, but it, it's such a great thing to then go to, for you as, as, a, as a teenager at the time being like, oh, that's a good question. Why don't I? Like, let's actually, like the fact that you went to that next step and was, I'm gonna read books and I'm gonna think yeah. about why I don't believe, why I don't believe in yeah. this. Um, Cause having an answer to that is just as important yeah. as having an answer is why do you believe? Yeah. And I think even those guys, resource, cause even like, I didn't buy all those books. Some of them were given like, hey mate, hey Todd, I've got this, mm. check it out. Like yep. I found this, Chapter three, particularly encouraging for me, like that type of interaction was, yeah. So on so reflection, pretty fortunate, I think in some ways that yeah. um, to have that exposure and to have, I probably don't have huge connections with a lot of those guys now. Like it, it has been, a lot of time has passed, but yeah. um, still there's a couple of key relationships from that time that um, have endured, which is yeah, equally encouraging and, and mm. has been, um, probably a great source of of support for me even through the pandemic like oh cool so i was just going to say that what you're talking about like the boldness and actually inviting a response is something that like to plug one of plug one of our other podcasts is something that's what we're talking about on the shock absorber about evangelism it's not just living out as a christian it's also inviting a response and it's really encouraging to hear that your friends who are really solid Mm. were even doing that to you when you were 16 or 17 so i really take a lot of encouragement from that because um, another statistic that we often quote here at Soul Revival is like 80% of people that become Christians become Christians in their late teenage years. Mm. So it sounds yeah. like they were doing the same, like yeah. having the same influence on you. If I can just rewind a little bit, you said you, mm. you uh, grew up in Adelaide. Yeah. What was the suburb of Adelaide that you grew up in? Well, it wasn't even a, it was a town. Okay. It was called um, Paracombe. Okay. So my school, my primary school had about... I think 42 kids. So this it. is outside Adelaide? Yeah, it's about 30 kilometres okay. in the Adelaide Hills. Um, it was like an apple and pear growing area of, and still is. There's a few wineries have gone in. Um, I think it's most famous recently. It had a um, tour down under stage finished at, um, oh. in Paracombe. In when I think maybe it was the last tour down under that was held before so um, the pandemic. So Population 343. There you yeah. go. Apparently. Oh, it's probably grown since I've... Probably. Yeah, probably. That's, um, <laughs> that's 2011. Yeah. So that's a while ago now. Can you educate me too that 
<laughs> when I've been to Adelaide, which is a long time ago, my dad told me this story. He's like, oh, Adelaide's like 10 years behind the rest of the country. But I don't know if that's true, but isn't it? It's interesting that the accent there is very English, I find, for people that are from Adelaide. Yeah. And then you also mentioned pasties. Why do you think there is such an English influence in Adelaide yeah, and the surrounding well, area? I think it, it was the free settlers. Like oh, people yeah, right. chose to go to South Australia. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. A lot of people that came to New South Wales um, forced. Were forced. <laughs> oh, yeah. Strongly, yeah, but I guess you, they weren't even strongly encouraged. Yeah, there was no choice. No, yeah. um, so I think that that's certainly part of it, of why it's a bit, Adelaide's a little bit different. I've certainly been mocked since I've come to like that. For, I wasn't aware of the free settler reference until I moved to Sydney and a couple of people, oh, you're a free settler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, whatever that means, have a game, read it up. But, you um, take offence to that? Um, no, it's probably hard to offend me. So, but no, well, I was just surprised. <laughs> that, I was just surprised by it, the, the commentary around it. Um, mm. So it probably is a little bit, proper and I think probably if, if you've been to Adelaide like there are a lot of churches mm. so I think so they call it the city of churches yeah. right now some of those churches are um actually one of the nightclubs was called heaven but um <laughs> <laughs> so that like even though there's lots of churches um and it's in an old church <laughs> yeah that um so whether that just look, I probably haven't this is where we need to get um Stu want to talk more, a bit more around um Christendom and mm. and oh, yeah. churches, but like I think that probably created some of the structures in those mm. communities that there are a lot of churches. So it was maybe a bit more structured than maybe other parts of mm. Australia. Even like even if if you go drive through most towns, like, like you've just looked up Paracombe, mm. like three kilometers down the road, there's another church in um, a place called Houghton, mm. and I think Houghton had two churches. Um, a Methodist and a Presbyterian at the time. So mm. there was probably just that, yeah, churches. And look, I think there's the f- faithful landowners. Like it was the other bit that I yeah. probably learned a bit about, like um, if you own a farm or if you had um, a mine or something, you, your workers then built the church. Mm. Right. So there was sort of this, if you go like um, parts of the Barossa Valley and throughout the Adelaide Hills, there are churches mm. would have sort of seen part of and central to the community. Yeah. So, okay. just different, but um, mm. but pasty, yeah, pasty is an interesting. Maybe we, yeah, we, maybe that could be something different. We could have a pasty day, not a chip <laughs> like we do a pasty. Oh, you can bring him in. We can bring him in. I would have no issues with that at all. Tomato chili sauce, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and a coffee. And a coffee. <laughs> well, if it's a true South Australian experience, it would be a farmers' union iced coffee, which I don't care for, but that's they are massive. Oh, are they? flavored milk. Oh, oh in wow, Adelaide, okay. Adelaide, yeah, really. Well, okay. Christians and flavoured milk. There's people that would have tattoos of... Really? Fuick. Like Farmers Union iced coffee. There you go. Um, I don't... We can put that up on the... Yeah, we'll put that on the screen. Yeah, and with a question mark, I don't understand why. Like, it's some of the... It's one of life's mysteries. Yeah. Um, Very odd. So you said your parents weren't Christians. Well, no, no, they... They were? were, So we went to church, but it was just Mm. for me, it wasn't... that cultural thing. Yeah, I think mum and dad wouldn't be but, um, cultural. I think it was more for me, it was cultural. And mm. it just, we, I did it, um, actually not many of the kids I went to primary school with, probably like Sunday school, I think was phasing out probably at that time. So that it wasn't like everyone just went to, all the kids went to church on a on a Sunday morning. But mm. um, yeah, it's it's probably something I had to, something I, I participated in, but just I was sat, I just sat in a pew really for that hour or so and... Was yeah. it a big old church? It was old. It wasn't big. Um, it's probably set like a hundred people, yeah. and there was I look actually probably one of there was still some. I should say there was a Sunday school that I, I went to early on, so I can remember those formative things reflecting back on um, probably still the parables, but even like the the Lord's Prayer. So things that I I learnt in in Sunday school, I guess, have remained with me. So yeah. there's still remnants of that um, many many years later. So how old were you when you left Adelaide? Just so I know where this is on the timeline. I was like early 20s when I left. So okay. I, I had a few chance starts at uni, so it was probably, I, was, I graduated a little bit older than others, but um, <laughs> early 20s when we moved to Sydney. Yeah, right. So, and it was probably, oh, yeah, I had to, for uni, I had to move out of Paracombe closer to the, um, the city. And so that was probably moving away from a small country town to, the suburbs where yeah, it was much easier just to 
to hang out. Was there people. just as much iced coffee in the suburbs? <laughs> it's probably m- more so. <laughs> and I still couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it? Couldn't do it. No. Uh, amazing. What, uh, so what did you do? go to uni for? Um, well, eventually I graduated with social work. So that's sort of my... Um, and then... You say eventually. What was before then, though? Oh, I did a... Touched on engineering to start with and then within a couple of weeks, it's like, yeah, this isn't for me. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably part of my faith journey. Like if I, I probably, and look, not, I know engineers can be compassionate and to <laughs> can make a difference, but I think for me and where I was at, it was um, probably a lot of my high school learning was more around the science and maths mm. and probably that humanities when I got to uni is what I, I became more interested in. And then that almost direct interaction with people and really wanting to help people. And I think I did social work because um, mum said I had to get to have a vocation attached to my degree. So I probably would have just done a an arts degree in, in political science, probably an area of interest for me. But so, yeah, the, the social work degree allowed me to do sort of about two years of arts and mm. two years that has kept me gainfully employed for many years <laughs> since <Yeah>. graduating. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> So, in your experience at uni, you've you've moved out of your small town. Yeah. Um, you're in the you're in the big city. Big smoke. Um, <laughs> in the big Adelaide, smoke. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, did you? What was it like being a Christian in that move and in that? Because you you're, you're probably now are you are you now away from the guys that were you were with in high school? Like, mm. yeah, were so more um, formative and helpful. Connected with some of those guys, met some new people. Adelaide's it, it's. It's a city, but it's fairly small, and so in that part of the northeast. So there was guys that from. I'm just saying, it's probably a bit like the Kirawi, um, Gaimia, Rocky. You know, you know the you yeah. know those kids from school. So when you get older, you just you might have played sport against them or done a cross country carnival, and then <laughs> you just hang out and stuff you might have thought about when you're 14. It just becomes irrelevant. So I think. Yeah through those connections just met more people um and so you're still in contact with a few of those guys at that time um but sorry what, i'm just, trying to, just being, a, being a christian in that yeah space. what it was like to um so i think for me it's probably that uni had some converse conversations like i wasn't involved in any of the, really the christian groups on campus um so there was some interactions with guys who i was studying with but really it was probably on the weekend, so youth and on a Friday and or Wednesday as I got a bit older, and then um, church on a Sunday or Sunday night church was the thing in Adelaide. Um, that became more of my, I guess, support network. That's where I grew in my faith. There, the the deep conversations I had was with those group of people. There was maybe some debates going on at at uni, um, but not really. I guess I was probably it was more. I was there to learn, get a qualification, and probably yeah. didn't develop the connections that maybe other people have through that university experience. Yeah, that's interesting. Because are you still, like, is you, do you still think your, well, I mean, all of our faith is continually forming, I think, or it's, there's a formative process all the time because we're being sanctified. But at that time, are you, do you think your faith was still being, like it was still a formative time for you or you were pretty, you were pretty solid by then? I think I was solid in my faith. It was still the, the application and I was probably like at the time I was working in a school as a, I guess the ch- as in, a, in a chaplain role as well which look I think that helped to the conversations at uni they guys at uni knew that I was doing that as well um so but yeah absolutely yeah it was um so I'm just trying to think the best way to to or express that Joel with um yeah, maybe I can't. I'm just trying to think. Sorry, how I'm how I can articulate mm-hmm. how that was going, and then um, balancing. Maybe it was just balancing out life. I think I was still processing what I was going to give. I guess your career to mm-hmm. is part of it. What things are important? Like what almost what are my non-negotiables? And then um, so maybe there's a bit of value. I'm pretty value driven. Like I've um I've boycotted a a, a certain um apparel company for um most of my adult life because so those types of things i I didn't go to a particular cinema chain because of how i felt they were destroying some some local arts precincts in um adelaide so i think that sounds ridiculous even as i'm saying that 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 sounds 
that is ridiculous. It doesn't even sound no, ridiculous. You're just That's using it as an example. But um, I think that was part of my faith formation, and mm. so I, I still think about that now, if that makes sense. So like, even though I was solid, I think I was probably had a really good network around me. Mm. Um, the things that I was passionate about, or the things that I was pursuing, were probably a little bit different to some of my Christian friends. Like, I guess at uni, I was being exposed to. Um, maybe more indigenous disadvantage and conversations about reconciliation than maybe some of my other mates who were studying a, a accountancy. Like they didn't seem to have like, so that was then influencing my faith a bit more than, and thinking more than say they had to. So I'm still probably process that now. And I know you had Michael on the podcast previously. So I think there's um, still learning, still understanding and, um, but yeah, that f- I think that foundation remains um, and probably those values are still there. Maybe they've softened a little bit, but there's still a lot of yeah, value driven about me and um, so as well. So you're grappling, like in terms of learning that stuff, you're grappling with how that almost meshes with your faith. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, how you, yeah, meshes or um, it's almost an, an expression of my faith. Is I don't know people yeah. that can have those values and not have a faith but i think for me that was the maybe the shift from being maybe a more selfish um non-christian to a more compassionate and considered christian more aware of others more maybe yeah probably just greater awareness of of those around me and and being less less self-centered and then you probably maybe also trying to see like god's work in that too and I can understand yeah. why you, you've just like there's a lot of things going on, and, and then I think probably and at that at that time, like what are we like late nineties? Yep. The Berlin Wall was a bit before that. Like apartheid was a, so that was they were high school events. So in yeah. South Africa, there were some global events changing that I think as well. Like you guys are, we we started to see the first um, um, IMAC mm-hmm. released, and oh, then yeah. that global like it was almost yeah, big shift. Global shifts in global products I think mm. a little bit as well and, and shared experiences yep. globally and it was much easier to learn what was going on in the, um, in the UK or in yeah, America or and, and maybe news was becoming a bit more immediate um, some of those protests like it's almost like right now instantaneous you can what someone posts in mm. probably even Kiev right now we, yeah, can, right. we can get immediately like that mm. wasn't quite the case but that was sort of the transition that was mm. going through and like I remember getting my first modem like for my computer and then how you then um can interact on the on the web so i think that was part of it as well like there was lots of information coming in for me that's going to be a, a big shift in in the world and how we were um interacting and even how as christians how we were interacting i think some of the um i guess just different sermons or um mm. you could hear not necessarily through a podcast, but um, a pastor in America or a pastor in even Africa yeah, could, could share what their experience is. And I guess for even like what we do here at the World Team, you could connect with a missionary. So a missionary like in, um, in my church, like I said, was a few in, in Asia, like so Indonesia, like mm. they could communicate quite quickly back to the church. So there was sort yeah, of these, these shifts were going on as well, which was then just probably elevating my awareness of the wider world that I lived in, going from that small country town to a slightly... Yeah. bigger city to I guess now living in a I don't, I don't know would we call ourselves a global city maybe we, we probably well, think yeah, we're a global city maybe we're not but we're a bigger yeah. city on the east coast of Australia sort of thing yeah but we're, then living in that and then living in this globalized oh, reality or shoe, shoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, this globalized reality of connection to the internet and yeah. ease of information and access to probably too much but this just yeah. access to <laughs> the the whole world at, at um, yeah. and see. so as you uh, are looking at, at looking at it from that um, I don't know the social work perspective yeah. and, and and all that kind of stuff that's a really interesting way to and the, yeah, the systems uh, component influence. and um yeah I guess it's probably just how different systems interact how governments yeah. interact and yeah. and yeah NGOs and oh, yeah, even I remember when YouTube was launched I just mm-hmm. think things, things, like, that's not going to work and then we look just at us <laughs> now <laughs> and then we just looked up the um, what was those uh, the power team, power team. Yeah, the power yeah, team just like it. found power it in an instant will, will live on because of <laughs> now YouTube yeah. so um, yeah. this is a 2006 video like yeah, well, I'm, I'm impressed those guys were still going back then. like that's they're probably still going now oh, it's yeah. amazing um, 
but just those shifts. And so, yeah, we, I guess we talked before off air around and music and just the shifts in, I think it was a, almost that next generation of bands come through, like mm. growing up through grunge music was pretty cool in some respects. And then seeing grunge move to, um, I guess, Britpop and then and flip again to like that. There was some cool stuff. I know maybe that maybe I'm being nostalgic now so I should just stop but like how the other people say the 60s was wonderful or the 70s was brilliant like that um late 90s early noughties was some pretty cool things happening in in music and mm. I think there was a cultural shift and you could wear whatever you wanted and no one cared really I think some of those sort of things and um it was just it was just pleasant I think <laughs> um of course yeah and yeah it's 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 such a it's so interesting how um living through those changes in a time where you were doing a lot of those changes, like you were going from small town to big city to big city, yeah. like that going through, going from not being super sure in your faith into going past those signposts. Yeah. Like it's, it's so interesting how all of that works together to be this big, there's been a lot of change going yeah. on yeah. Um, in your life and you've been a part of a lot of change. Um, has, how do you think that has, um, impacted you now um, when you go through changes? I think we probably, look, resilient is probably used a lot. And I think it just helps me. And so maybe when I say resilient, it's maybe just helps us to bounce back. So it certainly probably helped me to bounce back um, when things happen that you don't expect. I guess that, that's life. Like I think, um, so my mum passed away quite suddenly after like a short diagnosis of cancer uh, just before the pandemic. One of my, one of my, I guess that, those guys that I've shared about the fond memories of South Australia and hot chips at Villies. Um, <laughs> um, him and his wife were killed in a, in Canada like mm. soon afterwards. So like so, but look, and that they, again, it still hurts. And now and and reflecting it, like thankful for the memories, thank you for what those people have taught. But I mm. think that's where the faith helps, mm. um, because yeah, life isn't ideal but it creates and i should say faith it's not just going back to the bible or um some passages that can encourage me i think it's the, the wider community of support that mm. can assist as well like i think um maybe that's where we with through the pandemic understated like the importance of coming together but even um coming together on a in a faith community um just to connect with people Joel, how you doing? How was mm. how has work been for you this week? Or um, hey, last time we talked, you were struggling. You were you were you'd done your ankle. You couldn't play soccer. You were you were worried about the season. How are you? I'm not sure if that happened, but like if that was, um, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I missed that. But I saw you all through the pandemic. But um, no, but I think that type of interaction, like I think that's um, mm. is really important. And yeah. I think as well to to actually just keep you going. Because life can get, like it can be extraordinary, but it can be challenging. And I think for me, it's probably what's those that helped in those conversations and that development that just to be um, thankful in, in both those environments, like thank you that this is going well. And then seeing that yeah, geez, it's it's tough right now, but knowing that um, I'm okay overall, like um, I have a, a family that loves me. I have a community, faith community that can, is there to support me? I have a, a God that um, um, I adore. So like, I think that's where it, it helps. Mm. Probably it's taken a, a little bit longer to comprehend that. Now I think that's the maturity. Like some people just seem to get that when they're 12. Like I think that's take, taken me a lot longer to, mm. to get to that point and then appreciate that as well. Mm. Yeah. But even um, something that Jen was saying the other week, like um, on on the podcast was that um, we we don't get this stuff. Like there's there's always stuff to keep learning. Yeah. Um, and whether we get certain aspects of it when we're twelve or um, we're learning, we're going to be learning new aspects of it and and being impacted by it differently, um, and being changed and strengthened by our faith as as life goes on and um, yeah, and as and as sin <laughs> throws curveballs um, and, the, and the fallenness of this world um, yeah, or wakes us up to how hard stuff is. 
um, I think it's beautiful that we have this faith and then we have this community and yeah. um, that are all learning together and, and strengthening one another together as we, um, yeah, as we grow in our faith together and our, uh, as we try to love God and love others. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's probably how, and I'm just going to what you asked before about those, maybe my friend's boldest, but I think it's maybe just that having real conversations and how we can create space for that to happen, not yeah, like how you doing, but like, hey, what, what's what's something you've overcome this week or mm. like what's something that's actually been incredibly helpful for you, like how we can shift some of our conversations so they are a little bit deeper. I think mm. that's maybe something that, and I know it's partly time of life, but particularly um, those deep conversations or when someone asks a courageous question around how did how did you go or how mm. did you get through that? I think that really um, does a couple things. For me, it's probably it causes you to reflect and then to share. And I guess even that, you, you, I think you grow a bit more by even being able to um, articulate that to someone else. But hopefully through that, you can just be encouraged as, as well. And I think that's... F- Back to those earlier, what we talked about at the start, it was being encouraged by people just being as real as they probably could be. It's probably authentic, probably another word that we use a bit right now, but actually being genuine. And this is this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. Um, mm. This is why I think it's you should consider it. And um, this is how I'm applying what we've talked about or, or what I'm learning into my my life. Um, yeah. So, I think cool. like and the other thing is you're talking about the transformative effect of Jesus yeah. and that's yeah. what I think maybe perhaps someone who hasn't accepted Jesus in their life doesn't really understand a lot of the time is that like because we know we're forgiven it completely it transforms how we think and we we hopefully think a little bit more like God yeah and I think that's what even you're talking about when you went through your, the things that you're grappling with at um at university and stuff is, is, is the same thing. It's like all like now I'm grappling with knowing that sin's in the world and it's causing all these problems. But how can I, as a Christian, be able to use that transformative effect of Jesus to be able to try and change those situations and and to understand it better? And like and what what does God want me to do in these situations? Um, so I take great encouragement from that yeah. for for me for help, helping me realize that that distinction, but. What I, I did want to ask you though, we talked about changes. What was the change? The, a big change was moving from Adelaide to Sydney. Why? Why did you move to Sydney? Um, yeah, look, probably I guess Laurie. So my Laurie got offered a job, and so we came. So and hanging Laurie. Laurie. Oh, so my yeah, my wife. Um, so you met Laurie Lee at in, in Adelaide through those networks. I guess those. Mm. So that's not a reason to go to church. Maybe that's that's could you, you just meet people and maybe you fall in love. Um, yep. <laughs> That's what happened for, for us. Um, so yeah, we came over. Laurie got a a role um, with an I guess with the firm, and so we probably thought we'd be here for a little while, maybe five years, and then just stayed a bit longer. Okay. So, so she just got the job, and you're like, let's go. Yeah, it was probably it took about six months or so. But I think from the she was working for the, the same company in Adelaide. They said, hey, we want you to come over to Sydney. So I think it was more that process of, of building up. So there's a bit of planning mm. going on um, just as we were getting married as well. So it was, we probably felt it's a time to get married. Let's see a new city. I guess our friends, maybe Adelaide people seem to go to Melbourne or go to, to London. And then okay. um, we, and I guess we, we came over for the Olympics with some other friends and um, – Saw Sydney for the first time, and then a couple of years later, we thought, actually, we thought it's, that's a cool place. Um, let's see what it's like to live there, and yeah, so we we did, and now we've just stayed. And what were you in terms of work? What you were you planning to do when you came over with Laurelie? Um, probably it was just an extension of the social work. So like, I think in Adelaide, I was doing um, working a little bit in juvenile justice okay. in schools, and then see doing like doing bands and. Um, and skateboard comps for like local government, like councils, okay. uh, which was pretty cool. And then, I, so I just thought, I knew I was going to have a job. It was just then I ended up working in in child protection for a few years, and then um, working around like the inner city as well, like in some some youth outreach teams in, in Kings Cross and, and Redfern, and then yeah, done some other things since then. But really, broadly, still in that human services space is where I, where I work. But um, didn't have a huge 
plan, Joel. Like I just knew that <laughs> I was going to get paid. And actually, I'm, it was just pleasant, isn't it? You, you, you don't need much, I guess. Like you just enough to pay the rent. Um, actually, it was more back then before Spotify, enough to buy some CDs. Where now, like you can, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now you don't need to worry. Like it's brilliant. You can just listen to all, all this music. Um, so I didn't want for much. Really, I live a, probably I can live a fairly simple <laughs> life, and so it was just yeah, that's just what we did. Mm. What okay. um, if you were continually working in human services, in terms of being a Christian, like, do you approach that differently? Do you think to some of your colleagues in whatever? Oh, no. I mean, you, you said well, you've think, worked in various yeah, different fields within that. Um, I think what of, and this is probably one of the things I'm learning. I think. Um, I probably always felt that Christians were more compassionate. And I think one of the things that's flipped it a bit for me is I'm working with some agnostics that are equally compassionate. And so I think that's, um, so there's probably in those teams, the reason why I share that, I think a fair proportion of the people I've worked with, particularly in those outreach teams when you're doing direct service provision, they just want to help people. So there's just this um, sense of, I guess, collaboration because we're working for a common purpose to to try and give someone an option to 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 be safe, to to be accommodated, to be um, maybe fed and showered, or to get back to school. I think the the challenges comes about a little bit more when you're trying to convince other people to or try and help them to, to see it from that person's perspective. On hey, these are the reasons. Almost this is, and we probably not I'm just trying to think how to explain this. Even we, I've probably what we do a bit more now. What I do is. A, is even some case examples because they probably don't know, can't comprehend unless you've been exposed to it almost sitting on the streets or having the conversations in um, a, a, a refuge with someone. Like it's a little bit hard to, to comprehend that is what I've found like to through the storytelling. But if we can through say like this is Todd and this is his experience and what we're doing now is going to help him to, to get back to school to help him with his his health needs, um, to be able to tell a, a case example like that has has probably helped, and maybe look for where my faith I think has come in more as because it is difficult work I think it can it can be incredibly rewarding as well, but it just probably centres me. It can provide, I guess, just. Um, Stability, yeah. Well, it's maybe I can say an anchor, like maybe that's just another analogy that I've used. That it's just something that I can return to. So, I've often okay. thought for some of my colleagues who don't have faith, like there is high burnout, like there's pretty high burnout in some industries. Like, yeah. um, how are they coping? Like, some people just exercise like an incredible amount. So, maybe that's the way they cope is just they run marathons, which is <laughs> equally extraordinary. But, um, I, some days I'm just exhausted, I don't, I can't even struggle to walk through the front door, let alone, um, yeah. So I think that's where my faith has, probably my role has changed. I'm doing, I still have some client contact, less client contact, um, but yeah, and even I guess managing and, and, and leading people, I think there's still an element of, you can take elements of of your faith and just the, the compassion, probably more the, the compassion bit and being present. Like I just, um, liked if and I guess I'm, I spoke about the parables a little bit today but even just Jesus just being present mm. like he was he was in his discussions he was in those conversations that he was having with people and I know theologically it's pretty little there was a, there was a broader intent going on but even something like that if I sit down and reading one of the gospels and thinking actually you know what I didn't do that today and it's just sometimes those mm. things are just a, a good reminder or um even when Jesus was addressing a crowd he still had an awareness of what was going on so if I'm speaking and facilitating a workshop even reminders of that to say, hey, look, I've got these these people are here are following me, but I'm actually am I still bringing everyone in? And I think those the bonus maybe I can say the, the bonus parts of the gospel or the bonus parts of <laughs> Jesus. It's not central to who he is, but as you sort of read the gospels and um, read different theologians, um, I, yeah, I guess analyze what, what's what's in the gospels. I think there's some of the other the bonuses I sort of get out of it as well. The, the yeah. parables are a great example because theologically he is telling a story to a big group of people but saying, if you want to understand this truly, yeah. come to me and talk to me. 
Like, yeah. let's have a relationship and actually just ask me questions. Yeah. Like, I, I want to, I'm telling everyone, but if you want to get deeper, if you want to find out what's really going on, just come and talk to me. Mm. And you see that all through Mark, for example, that's a particular mm. focus that Mark has. Um, and we, we, we're going through uh, that at Solis at the moment, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something I've, it's, it's, it's been beautiful to see is that it's this yes jesus is talking to lo- large groups of people but he's also saying i want to be in relationship with you and i want to be close to you yeah. um and if you want to be close to me come to me and ask me questions um, yeah. and yeah i think that's really cool i think also knowing like i don't want to devalue like anything that your colleagues do or anything but knowing that we're made in the image of god i think and everyone is that knowing that like attributes more value to that person, which yeah. is a, which maybe allows us to be more compassionate. I don't know. You, you tell me if you, you think you disagree, but I think that, that there's really something in that. It's like, you know, you have equal value mm. under God, yeah. and I, I'm going to treat you the same. Whereas yeah. that, perhaps in a in a non-Christian context, that's you're not, you at least not encouraged to do that. Whether you can do that, and then finding the stability that you're talking about, and and some the foundation you can go back to. Go, I oh, know I'm. There's a reason that God's put me in this position. I can yeah. do this to help someone feel more loved and yeah. cared for. And I probably maybe I'll look at more the latter. Like I think that's where I, like God, you've obviously got me here for a, a reason. Like I've tried a couple of times to leave, and it just keeps on. Maybe <laughs> it's, maybe it's my values. Like it just seems to to draw me mm. back in. Um, it's almost I'm here in this place, and how can how can I um, encourage those in my team? And look, I, hopefully, how can I? Maybe this is the prayer. How, how do I actually being able to have some of those conversations I was able to have when I was f- f- maybe as a teenager? How can how can I have them yep. in a working environment? Because um, people go through different stages of life. Like you, your colleagues, like their partner passes away, or like they have kids are born, and then they're, they're it's just their world gets flipped. So as they happen for those people, I guess as they, as they happen for me you're inquiring a bit more and you're, and you're processing. So how can you be an encouragement? How can you show love? And then I think, yeah, God's got me here for in those places for a reason. And what, what else do you want me to be doing in this moment, God, to, um, to encourage, to, to share? What does that look like? And so, yeah, right. um, You've got three kids? Three kids, yeah. Do you want to name them first? <laughs> um, oh, you don't have to if you don't want to. No, look, um, so actually we're talking about Mark. Jairus, mm-hmm. um, he's at Shire. Um, Zach, so then the twins, Zach and Lisa. So Zach always says he's the oldest he? by about a minute. Um, <laughs> so Zacchaeus um, or, or Zach, um, he was actually sidebar. He was born in the year of the global financial crisis. And so I thought um, that's why he was called Zacchaeus. Really? As a, well, that was, we want to give a name with a meaning. Um, yeah. And so I thought, what a better, better way than than the story of a man who realises that there's more to life than the pursuit of money okay. and that you should be pursuing Jesus. So, yeah, Zach's um, at the, in the sports program at um, Endeavour and then Elise is, um, so year seven, and then Elise, year seven, she's at Dane Bank um, and it has a bigger name than that, but I think it's Dane Bank, the Anglican School for Girls, I think is the correct name. Something like that. How old, are, how old are they, sorry? Jairus is... Jairus is 14. Yep. Um, and then the twins are 12. Okay, cool. So So you're all here on a Friday night, all part Mm -hmm. of... They are. Yep. The crew, actually, um, our producer today is one of, not just a producer, also a youth leader, I think to... Light leader. Light leader. Oh, not youth. He's getting there. He's He's on his way. He's he's on... He's aiming for youth warden. Is that what we're going to talk um, about at the AGM? Is that, is that a new yeah, role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> at the moment, he's, um, <laughs> Daniel is actually um, doing work experience uh, as, a, as a youth pastor um, for the next few weeks. And so part of that is just chucking him behind the desk and yeah. getting him to do the dirty work. It's <laughs> great. Cool. I think he's enjoying himself. <laughs> Everything he needs to do. The reason he's I, he's smiling. That's good. Yeah, the reason yeah. I brought up your kids is that I just wanted to see what you learned um, first of all, being married and then also having kids mm. about being a Christian dad and you're involved in a lot of sporting contexts with your family too. So yeah. it'd be really interesting to see what you can enlighten us with about yeah. you're a Christian well, dad and husband in these contexts. What, what, yeah, what well, have you got for us? Oh, I think it's important just to, um, 
check in with the kids, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Um, make sure that what you're doing is aligning what what they, particularly when it comes to sport, um, that you're not pushing them into something that they don't want to be doing. Um, I think we talked about it before about being present. I think part of it for me is how can you break up? Like there's there's work time for me, and mm. then you've got that home time. How to try and I, this is this is a growth area for me certainly around how to be present, how to be interested in what's going on with them, that listening and showing love. Um, yeah, because I think if you ask them, they'd probably say dad's a bit inconsistent. Like he's like, oh, some days he's great, and then oh, dad seemed a bit grumpy. But um, so to, to be a bit more consistent, and look, I think then the other part is just for me, like you only get probably this one opportunity to be a parent. Maybe you get the bonus of you might, if you're still active, you might get to be the grandparent. Like I'm involved in the in a f- football club, and like one of the cool things is the the, the young grandparents come and be involved it's like wow man, these guys <laughs> early 50s how much energy have they got to um to go back again um but i think just to be involved like showing up um helping out but i think also just checking out with um i was probably a little bit involved in actually both all the kids as teams i've probably taken a, a slightly step back a little bit now because they probably that was their preference um which i understand well like so that's not a, that was cool that's that's just, yep. that's just part of um so it's just how you make sure that you're um listening to them and mm. helping them and and just i think try and create a bit of fun like i think there's there's structured time in that unstructured talk about like um my yummy can of delight so we talked about chips at the start like there's other ways you can just make like memorable food like dad just like dad just makes this weird stuff but like mm. maybe in 20 years time they'll remember like wasn't just dad showing up at sporting events or doing those things he was mm. there was these other things i remember even um she's speaking to Stu about learning russian just i'm not actually sure if he ever did that but i think he was trying to um just just for fun like just to welcome you say good morning to your family in in russian and they think what is up with dad but that, how how cool would it be to be able just to um surprise people so mm. i think still to create surprises um outside of like and this is where laurie's much stronger than me she's great at doing the gifts so i think yeah. birthdays and christmases um Lorely nails it because <laughs> she just knows what's going to surprise the kids and they're going to be excited by it mm. i think for me it's how can we just surprise can surprise them or or want them to still want to hang out with you or or be interested and um yeah finding different ways to interact which might mean that i I watch less sport on television or i (laughs) read less of the newspaper and um watch yeah shows that i still don't understand but watch shows that they're interested in doing or (laughs) look at um the new pair of for my new running shoes or something like that that they want to I don't know, they, they look at 400 of them before they make a decision, but just <laughs> to go through that journey yeah. with them. So, yeah. Yeah. But so and like, I think that whole community, I think the other part is that community services, I think is a is probably an interesting one that's still processing on balancing out being involved in your community mm. at being involved, um, say, within church context. Like if you can volunteer, where do you give your energies to? Like there's only so much you're able to do. Yeah. Um, I might have overcommitted a little bit. I think for me, right as I reflect coming out of a pandemic, but I think I think you want to serve, but just maybe have have some conversations with people about how you can serve and how you can make that the most impact at a particular point in in time. So, yeah, yeah. Th- it's funny how you're talking about um, Laura Lee being a lot better at at gifts, and um, it just makes me think of like it's one of the like really cool things about marriage is that you like you bring like these different strengths mm. to the marriage and it's also the thing that you probably clash on quite often not gifts but but I um it's cool that you gave your wife a shout out there because it makes <laughs> me think of other lovely women just like just so good at going oh but they really like this and then they can just like link a gift to that and mm. I'm like that is a that is a gift in itself and I think yeah. I can see that with Laura Lee like I haven't spoken to her mm. for a while but I can see that with Laura Lee she just has that I feel like she has that perspective to be able to go like I know what this person likes, I can get them a gift that they really enjoy. So and I just enjoy yeah. them saying no, that. Was, so. yeah. She's exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. That's awesome. What about um you mentioned <laughs> before your ministry? Yeah. Um you are 
the central are you the central coordinator of world team yeah yeah we've probably been in a bit of hibernation but yes um look what does that mean well i think we're still still evolving but i think the key things um probably um i sort of see it as, as a way to make help people to have a broader understanding of the world the way we live so some of that stuff we were talking about before like it's so much easier now to um mm. we probably i actually haven't done this on youtube but you could probably look up on on YouTube, like Papua New Guinea, and you probably get something of Port Moresby. So where we've got, I think as a church, we've got friendships and connections with people all over the world. Google Maps allows you to see what um, Port Moresby would look like, or um, even say, I guess we had Michael on. If you've never been to Wedderburn and where Michael was doing his ministry, you could just Wedderburn and you'll come up with, hey, this is the this is what Michael was describing when he was talking to you about. This is mm, the yeah. I know we shared some of that content. You did some great stuff down there, Ethan, around filming those when the group of us went down. Mm. Same as when I think Campbelltown and the, the the places where Michael's doing a lot of his ministry. You can just see that from your your own home. You don't actually need to go to these places anymore to to see it, to pray for it. So I think part of what I'm doing is helping people to to be aware of that, to make those some connections, I think, with um, Jai to think through um, how we can strengthen the connection. So with with Michael, what does that look like? I think we, we've got a good foundation there, but how we continue to build on it, I think, with what um, Stu's done with Ike, I look over that, you think, what, 20-plus years and, and building on those connections in, um, in Western New South Wales. And then I think just other things as how else can we... Um, make connections with the world that we live in mm. how can we expose you know the soul revival family to um source from sri lanka just yeah. to think all <laughs> full circle what, but why does it why but, yeah, yeah, but to um to appreciate that and i think mm. even just to have that awareness of um i was probably fortunate I, we had a coffee with paul two weeks ago when around russia and and kiev and look, it's complex i don't really understand it but um, having 45 minutes with Paul to share the experience that him and Lyndall had and their family living in Russia, the wider context. So even that type of information so we can know about it. And maybe our, our main response right now is just to, to pray for the people of Kiev, the, the people of Russia. Um, I think that's part of what we're trying to do in the world team. A little bit of maybe church planning will, will come along as well as we, as we come out of the pandemic. But that's broadly, I think, what we're we're trying to do with with Jai as we, um, yeah, I guess just grow that ministry. Yeah. I should so call, uh, j- just for everyone listening, you were talking about, and when you say Michael, you're talking about Michael Duckett. Yeah, sorry. Is it? That's all right. I'm just, oh, yeah. just um, so he's, um, what's his church called? Sorry. Is it is it MacArthur Indigenous Church? Yeah, it's I attached to, well, um, I think now because he's just been ordained, it was pretty exciting like yeah. three yeah. weeks ago. So I'm not sure if it has, look, the wonders of the internet. We can confirm yeah, that, Ethan. But um, yeah, so just sort of south of Campbelltown, mm. um, Michael runs a ministry on a acreage. It's pretty cool. Where um, in the bush, right? bush. Mm. Um, I'm not sure whether it's 15 k's from Campbelltown. You, you feel like you're in a different. If you go from central Campbelltown to Wedderburn, mm. it's a complete contrast. But um, MacArthur Indigenous Church. Yeah, yeah. Yep. brilliant. And it, and that's. And I think I touched on the start, like understanding. Um, First Nations or Indigenous perspectives. I think that podcast that you did on the shock absorber. On the shock, yeah. obviously oh, the shock, shock absorber. Yeah, with yeah. Michael. Yeah, it was great. Incredibly was powerful, yeah. but I think um, provides a, for me a really helpful perspective on what it's like for Aboriginal people mm. in Australia. Mm. So yeah, yeah, and something that you are obviously passionate about and you enjoy yeah, learning. I think more it's about. Um, yes. I think it's yeah. shortly. I don't know. We, yes. might, we might be running over <laughs> time, but I think That's right. just to try and. Um, we touched on it before, the, the free settlers and like, if you sort of go, one of my first experiences, maybe came to Sydney, went to Cornell, like you look at the plaque, these interactions that um, the English and Aboriginal people had, like I just find that fascinating. Mm. And But then now what does Australia look like 200 odd years later? How do we recognise that history, particularly the First Nations history as we then move forward? I don't look... I don't have an answer. Like I don't have a clarity, but I think for me it's trying to then listen a little bit more and certainly learn a lot more from Aboriginal people. And um, actually Joel, I didn't touch on like Joel up at um, 
Mm, a bit. At Fingul, Fingul, yeah, so just on the, the border. Yep. But I think the opportunities, we're fortunate at Soil Revival to have probably at least once a year, we're going to hear from what Joel, Ike, uh, Michael, Michael. Yeah. Um, a bit more. Yeah, Aboriginal ministry partners. Ministry yeah. partners. It, we actually are pretty fortunate to have those connections mm. and just to learn a bit more from them and to, yeah, I guess, support them and, and love those guys as much as we can. Like, they're doing remarkable, they're remarkable servants for Jesus, I think those guys. I think that's just encouraging to, yeah. yeah. Ethan, before we ask our final question, do you have any other questions yeah. you, you wish to ask? Tom? I do not. I'm, I'm You're well informed. I'm all done. I'm well informed. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm so all caught up. The, the last question, Todd, that we asked before we kind of wrap up the podcast, wrap up the chips, as we like to say. If you're looking back over your life that we've kind of yeah. gone on a quick tour through, if you, and if you could go back, what would you like to tell your earlier Christian self? I think um, maybe just slow down a bit and focus on the f- fundamentals. Like I think there's um, build like it. It probably took me a bit longer to build my base. Like I think once I became a Christian, I just sort of jumped in and wanted to to do everything to express it. Mm. I think looking back, if I yeah maybe just took a bit time, a bit more time to um, build like a, a stronger prayer life or. A, um, more um better structure around say quiet times or reading of the bible that look i think i look i'm still working on those things as well but like um getting there but if i could have just slowed it down a little bit when i was 18 or 19 it might have made a couple years after that a little bit easier and then yeah but i guess that's just life but i think that's what the the key thing for me and look maybe and then the other part is just to continue to invest in those relationships all the importance of those relationships like thinking back and particularly in the pandemic the when we were all at home a couple of the, the key people that i connected with were those guys from what, 20 years ago like we were all at home yeah. in lockdown um and i don't think i had not that i'd neglected those relationships i'm not sure if i'd appreciated those mm. relationships as much as i had and then mm. being been as thankful for the connections and just the like the love that they have for me and just being able to accept that so and and maybe be a bit less values driven maybe that's the other thing like um <laughs> don't don't judge people by their um the, the, the shoes that they wear or the, <laughs> yeah. the cars that they drive so I think you're still boycotting the apparel company um, I should say I am. My family isn't, but yes. Um. <laughs> okay. No worries. Well, um, Todd, it's been fantastic <laughs> yeah. having you on the it's podcast. Been awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank really you so much. No, well, thank you so much for your wisdom mm. and for your willingness to share things about your life, and we really appreciate it. So that's that's all. That's the point of the Chip Lunch podcast yeah. is to yeah. just to hear people's stories so. and learn from one another. Yes, yeah. and I've learned heaps. It's been yeah. really really cool. Yeah, Thanks, so Ethan. Thank, thank you, you Joel. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, producers. Thank you, producers. Very good. There's two of them today, Dave and. Daniel. Daniel. Did you get my name? No, it's just in the D&D. I was trying to come up with a name. That's all. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to finish with the podcast. We usually like to finish the podcast with a one-way uh, Todd. Okay. So if you're ready to do that. Yeah, well, I'm ready. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks for everyone listening and... Whoa!